Dwayne Clayton combines his knowledge and experience as a police officer and paramedic to write realistic crime thrillers. Crisis Point, Dwayne's first novel, was a finalist for the 2015 Crime Writers of Canada Arthur Ellis Awards. Outlaw MC, Wolfman is Back, and 13 Days of Terror are the next novels in the Brad Coulter thriller series, which continues April 22, 2021, with Goddess of Justice. In August 2020, Duane released the first novel in a new crime thriller series, Speargrass Opioid. The second in the series, Speargrass Vengeance, will launch in fall 2021. In his 42-year career, Duane served as a police officer, paramedic, tactical paramedic, firefighter, emergency medical services, EMS chief, educator, and academic chair. Duane has co-authored four paramedic textbooks and spoken internationally at EMS conferences for the past three decades. Duane is a past member of the boards of Crime Writers of Canada, the Alexander Writers Centre Society, and leads the Calgary Crime Writers. We're here today to talk about a new release, Goddess of Justice. Duane Clayton is coming up on two-year anniversary of Outlaw MC and launching a new book. Yeah, that was pretty exciting. I, I hadn't even realized it was the second anniversary today of uh, of the launch of Outlaw until a friend of mine, Don Sharp, uh, mentioned it to me. So yeah, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, two years. And so Outlaw was book two in the Brad Coulter series and Goddess of Justice is book five. So I'm moving along. Very busy. 42 years of career experience in um, you know, police force, paramedics, uh, tactical paramedic, firefighting, EMS, you know, as an educator and an academic chair, like all of all of this experience. What made you decide that you needed to create Brad Coulter? In high school, I loved writing. The only two classes I liked were English and social studies because I got to write. I hated sciences. So, of course, I ended up as a paramedic where physics and chemistry are huge in everything you do. Um and then through career, I co-authored some paramedic textbooks, which I was I was fortunate to do, and that was a great experience. Um, in 2010, uh, some life changes. I needed a hobby, and uh, I have some of my best ideas in the shower. And the way I remember it is being in the shower in the morning, thinking about, I need to find something, a hobby to do. I was coaching football at the time. I knew it was coming to an end. I needed something to replace it for the winter. And the idea came to, well, why don't you write? I went to work, typed in the computer writing classes. There was one that started the next week. So I signed up for it and off we went. So there wasn't a lot of forethought into it. So I show up at this class and introductory class. And then the instructor says, okay, so everybody has to write a piece. And over the next couple of weeks, everybody in the class is going to read. Why don't you uh, submit your piece next week? It's like, uh, so then I had to find a story and I had a story that I had carried with me since 1974 in a file folder. And it was a story about, uh, a shooting incident that happened December 20th, 1974 in Calgary. It's known as Black Friday, where a gunman barricaded himself in a garage, uh, killed one police officer and injured uh, five or six others, uh, a couple of them seriously. That had never happened in Calgary before. So it kind of fits in with the Brad story that, that things are changing. So a shooting like that had never happened in Calgary before. Nobody knew what to do with that. Um, there wasn't really any incident command. And this isn't meant to be... Uh, uh, a criticism of, of how it was handled because that was something that 
maybe happened in LA or Detroit, but certainly not in Canada and definitely not in, uh, in friendly Cowtown city of Calgary. Um, and so that just seemed like the, the story that I should use. So initially it was at the beginning, it was the start of the story. That was the impetus for the rest of the story. And really that incident led to Calgary's tech team being created. Yeah. That was going to be my story. And then uh, along the way, as I learned to write and knew I needed more things, that story ends up about two thirds of the way through the book. And so the first two thirds is um, the reader getting to know Brad and realizing that he does get into trouble and he has lots of trials and tribulations early on. And uh, I think in that book, that's got the biggest um, character arc for Brad is where you see him on page one and where you see him on page 356, he is definitely a changed person by the end of the book. So this is Crisis Point, which is your first novel that was finalist for the 2015 Crime Writers of Canada Arthur Ellis Award. Yeah, that was a huge surprise and an honor. Yeah. Yeah. Brad Coulter starts out in Crisis Point. He's been on the police force for four years. This is in the early 70s. It's a time of change. Um, It's the police department is still really in the old days. A lot of the guys that are around started post-Second World War. And so they are now retiring off and young guys like Brad are coming in. And obviously, you know, like we all are with our parents, when we're young, we have better ideas than our parents. So it was the same thing with Brad. He had better ideas than the guys who'd been doing it for 30 plus years. Um, So they clashed a little bit. And and then he gets kind of a real baptism of fire about, even though he's been on the street for four years, he'd had a good career, but all of a sudden stuff really starts happening to him. And that's, that's the theme of Brad is stuff happens to him. No matter where he is, he's a black cloud. Stuff is going to find him. So it follows him through his struggles. It's very well-developed char- character. And to go, did you know, did you know writing your book, um, that book, that you would be writing a book series? Um, yes. In, in my mind, the original idea was the culture series was going to be 10 books. Each book would happen every three years, and essentially that would cover a 30-year career. So after the first book was written and I started writing the second book, my editor said, you know, three years is too long between books. Nobody does that. So we cut that one back to two years. And then between Outlaw and Wolfman was another two years. And now going forward, um, the books are essentially just a few months apart. So Wolfman, um, the third book, takes place in May, June. 13 Days of Terror takes place in September, October. And Goddess of Justice takes place in November, December. So I've really cut that down. And I mean, I guess, you know, looking back, it kind of makes sense. Who wants wants to know about the last three years of um, a 50 or 60-year-old cop's career when he's sitting at a desk? So it makes sense that up front is when most of the things are going to happen. So I slowed that down quite a bit, and that makes a lot more sense. And that series will go, I guess, until uh, until readers start telling me it's terrible. So, it, you know, it won't just be 10. Maybe it'll be 10. Maybe it'll be eight. Maybe I'm hoping it'll be 20. Um, I do have uh, probably a third of the very last book written. So I know how his story will end whenever, whenever that is. So. so Goddess of Justice is the fifth book in the series. So in between there's Crisis Point, Outlaw MC, Wolfman is back, 13 Days of Terror, Goddess of Justice out in April 22nd. April 22nd is the book launch. 
Yeah. And, and then it, I know you're writing book number six. Yeah, I've got book number six. Um, I'm not quite working on that because I'm working on Speargrass 2, which is called Speargrass Vengeance. And then after that will be Coulter. And uh, that one tentatively is called Bonded Labor and has some carryover of characters from Goddess of Justice. And then I actually have a substantial outline for book seven. Nice. So actually book seven, I could, I could probably sit down and write right now. I have a good enough outline for that, but um, I think that will have to wait. So anybody who hasn't come across you yet um, can at least look forward to seven books in the series for the Brad Coulter series, and then uh, hop on over to your second series. The second book in that series is in editing. Um, No, it's in, it's in writing. (laughs) I uh, I had a bad February, um, maybe like everybody else, um, tired of COVID, tired of winter, even though on the grand scheme of things, it was not one of the worst winters we've ever had, but it was dark and it was dreary. And so, uh, yeah, February is kind of a write-off for me. So now, uh, last weekend, I really worked on an outline for um, Speargrass Vengeance, which I kind of gotten out of doing outlines. I could just sit down and write, but apparently I've lost that, at least for this book. So last weekend I sat down and wrote the outline and uh, over the week put it into my my work in progress. And so um, not my best week, but I think I had over 6,000 words um, this last week I put into it. So it's at about 35,000 words. 80 to 85,000 would be a novel. So I'm almost halfway done, but I've got most of it laid out. So hopefully now I'll just be able to keep the brain working and writing. Quite a bit different though, when you take a look at back, uh, the gap between crisis point and outlaw um, was two years. Yeah. And you had outlines for both of those? No, crisis points, I didn't. Crisis Point was Crisis Point was the book I learned on. I, I mean, looking back, I think of all the mistakes I made. And in initial edits, if you were reading it, you'd go, "Oh, here's the point where he learned about describing characters because he's describing characters better," or "Here's the point his dial he learned about dialogue and his dialogue got better." That sort of thing. So that's why I mean, it went through edits from well, it started in October 2010 and was published in April 2018. So, I mean, that was an eight-year process. Looking back and thinking back, there's times I think I should have put that one in the drawer. Brad Coulter starts out in crisis point. He's been on the police force for four years. This is in the early 70s. It's a time of change. Um, it's The police department is still really in the old days. A lot of the guys that are around started post-Second World War. And so they are now retiring off and young guys like Brad are coming in and obviously, you know, like we all are with our parents. When we're young, we have better ideas than our parents. So it was the same thing with Brad. He had better ideas than the guys who'd been doing it for 30 plus years. Um, so they clashed a little bit. And and then he gets kind of a real baptism of fire about, even though he's been on the street for four years, he'd had a good career, but all of a sudden stuff really starts happening to him. And that's, that's the theme of Brad is stuff happens to him. No matter where he is, he's a black cloud stuff is going to find him. So it follows him through his struggles, at least halfway through that period of time and just started writing again, rather than 
continually fixing things as as I learned. So it went through a lot, a lot of edits. Uh, I, well, I was a little bit quicker, and then I was kind of getting into a groove. So, yeah, they've been they've been coming. I'm writing two to three novels a year. So that's 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 probably the pace for me. Uh, part of me would like to go faster, but um, I think I think probably I burned myself out a little bit in the fall. But just in the last two years, though, the pace of your writing has been um, quicker. You've been doing more writing. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's more of it happening for sure, and and more books coming out quicker, and you get the the two two series now instead of one. So there's there's definitely a lot going on. I know it was probably mm, September 2019 when we met, and I think you were launching Wolfman is back. Yeah. So that was the third book in the series. Um, a lot has happened in the last year. Do you want to share, um, you know, what's been changing within the the writing as a business for you uh, over, say, the last year or two years? Yeah, well, that's that's an interesting one. I think every um, independent writer uh, goes through this. Uh, you start writing because you love writing. And uh, when you finally get the books out and you get feedback and people like the books, that's motivation to keep you going. And I got advice from a good friend of mine, Jonas Saul, who's a, who's a prolific writer. And his advice was that initially you need, you need to keep writing so that you have um, some books under your name. So the idea is if somebody read Crisis Point and then there, there wasn't another book for quite a while, they're going to move on to somebody else. So really over the past couple of years, my goal has been to write a number of books so that if you like Crisis Point, you can go to Outlaw, you like Outlaw, you can go to Wolfman. Um, people, you know, I don't spend a ton of time on Facebook, but I do like to find funny memes and post them. And so that that's kind of my thing with Facebook. I don't care about, care about the serious stuff or most of the other stuff that's going on. I'm just looking for something to make you laugh. Um, but when I'm on there, people will email me and say, why are you on Facebook? You should be writing. I'm waiting for your next book. So that that's kind of neat. So now that I'm at the point where soon I will have six books under my name, now's the time to really start marketing. And uh, wow, <laughs> is that ever hard? Um, I love writing. I could write day and night. And the thought of marketing is pretty much killing me. Um, it's a hard market to break into. I've got tons of local support. I got very loyal and, and just fantastic readers um, in the Calgary area and, and out in BC and in Vermeer and um, that sort of thing. But I really haven't been able to break in, break beyond kind of the Calgary BC borders. And so that, that's the tough part is, is to keep going. Um, well, I'd love to be a millionaire. That's not an expectation. Um, but as an author, you hope to be able to sell enough books that you can at least pay the bills. And so especially probably since January, I guess we've been talking about this and, and looking at, you know, how, how do I do this? Um, so now the book is books are available, I think, on every platform there is. You can, you can get a book, Kindle, Kobo, Apple, Barnes & Noble, um, Google, and I'm probably missing a whole whole bunch more. So that's been good. I'm seeing some downloads with that. Uh, if you haven't read any of my books, Crisis Point is free on Kindle and Kobo. So grab that book and you can have, you know, the experience um, and, and, you know, test drive it. And I'm, I'm pretty sure you're, you're going to like it and want to move on because, because everybody does. Yeah. 
So the challenge now is learning how, how to market broad and you're competing with, I don't know, tens of hundreds of thousands of other authors. And um, one of the, one of the booksellers has six spaces a week for a deal. So, you know, who knows how many I'm up against every time I say, Hey, I'd like to participate in, in this sale. So I think, I think right now, I don't know how many I've applied for in the last, probably I've I've applied for eight in the last week to 10 days and I've been turned down on five. So um, I'll just keep going. Um, I got some great advice from uh, a Facebook page on things that I should say when I'm sending in um, my blurb for advertising. So I've changed that up. Um, So far that hasn't quite turned the corner, but um, I'll keep at that. But I guess I would have to say sometimes that's distracting. It's, um, it takes perseverance. It's it's not anything for the faint of heart because most authors, I want one of those mugs, by the way. <laughs> well, you have to put it in front of you. Otherwise it disappears. Oh, it's Wolfman. Right on. <laughs> um, no, shameless advertising. That's perfect. But at the same time, uh, the perseverance of like this one, one advertising uh, company is like 30 days, 30 days, 30 days. You just reapply, reapply, reapply. And there are people who have actually authors who have applied for years before they get accepted because of the way in their marketing, they're positioning your book yeah. um, for success. And it has to fit with what else is coming out. And so it, the pers- persistence and, and putting it, we're put it on the calendar for every 30 days and reapply kind of thing is, is definitely something that, that works eventually when you get the yeah. deal. Yeah. And, yeah. I, I got to stick with it. The, the, the challenge is if I'm spending Monday, I start the day marketing, I'm unlikely to be able to switch over to write. And even if I finish the stuff I wanted to do for marketing at one in the afternoon, when I want to sit down and write, my brain's kind of full of the other stuff and it's hard to get back into. So for me, it's almost, well, I can write or I can market, but I really can't uh, do two at the same time. I think there's some hope, I guess, uh, um, that Speargrass really takes off because it is, it is a different style of story, modern Western for those who have watched the show Longmire um, along those lines and not quite as violent as Yellowstone. Um, but the idea is it takes place in Montana, um, a modern Western. And so overall, that's a smaller um, fan base, I guess. I'm not competing with as many authors. So I'm hoping that that one will uh, spur a whole new group of, of readers as well. Yeah, it's still thriller, still crime thriller, but yeah, it's just the setting changes everything. You puts it in a different genre. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's not a lot of people writing westerns, so and and there's popularity on TV right now with with the modern western uh, theme with you know, Yellowstone, Longmire over the past uh, 10, 12 years, um, Justified uh, in in Kentucky is. Uh, Raylan Gibbons is really a, a modern day 1868 lawman set in 2020 sort of thing. So um, they're popular. So, you know, maybe that'll bring some readers over as well. Uh, with the crisis point being free to introduce the series to new readers, 
there's information being shared by you in your newsletter. You've got, you know, a, a group for ARC readers. Um, you actually have a, a team of people who are advanced readers for the next books coming out. There are reviews going out with the, the first free in series. And then your, your next book is now going. This is your first pre-order for Goddess of Justice. It's the first book in the series. It's actually available before the launch. Yeah, well, I think part of that is me being a little more disciplined. Um, generally speaking, I would uh, start advertising a launch date before I was done writing the book and done the final edits, and and I set the dates too close. So, I mean, literally, um, I was picking up the books on Wednesday afternoon for the launch on Thursday sort of thing. So now, as much as I would have loved to have launched Goddess of Justice in February, and probably could have, um, I held off. And, and as you're saying, I got a team of people to pre-read it, just to, you know, make sure the story flows. And, and I've got a list of, not a long list, one page of things people have picked out where I've missed a word or misspelled a word or two words are together and that sort of thing. So I could fix all those. Actually, I'll probably do that tomorrow. Um, fix all those. I can make the changes. So by the time it launches uh, April 22nd, it's a, it's a very clean version. Uh, people have looked at it. And then the other thing with, with these early readers is um, them helping me out by putting reviews up. And, and for, uh, for all authors, but especially independent authors, reviews are gold. Um, one of the things some of, some of these companies that um, do deals, um, they, they look at the reviews. And so if person A has 45 reviews and sitting at 4.5 overall stars, and I look at mine, and maybe I've got 4.8, but there's only seven reviews, they're going to go with the other person because their thinking is, who's going to sell the most books? Well, the person who already has um, readers who are leaving reviews. And whether that's correct or not, that's just the way the algorithm works. So this, this is good. This is great. Um, taking my time, putting the book out, getting everything set well ahead of time, and then, and then having, uh, having some people go through it and give me the feedback on it. Yeah. So you've, you're building a system, you know, your, your whole marketing system is now starting to come together. And, you know, with tying in the, the newsletter and your website, because we can find more information about where you are and what, where you're speaking, reviews, other interviews that you've done. Um, used to be that, uh, you know, you were picking up your books for your launch or for your, your markets and your events that you were attending, that you were physically in person selling your books to people one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. And that's not, that's not happening anymore. Um, you know, well, at least it hasn't been happening for a year consistently, right? Where it's changed the way you were also marketing. Yeah, yeah, certainly. The difference between, well, so yeah, I mean, in 2019, um, at the end of the year, I had I had three books, and then in 2020, added added some more. But in 2020, I sold two thirds fewer books in 2020 than I did in 2019. 
So, so that was, that was huge. And at the end of 2019, going into 2020, I ordered a whole bunch of books. So we, we have one room in the house that is filled with cases of books. But as you're saying, you know, there were some markets last year. But, you know, it, it was a tough year for people. People weren't, weren't buying as much. So even in markets that I'd been to the year before, on a, on a good day, um, I, I would sell 10 books an hour. So if I'm there for, you know, four hours, I'm selling 40 plus books. And I think last year, the high point was 17 in four hours. And, and really, and I, and I keep lots of stats on this. I don't know why I'm a bit of a geek on that, I guess. Um, and, and the sales are uh, between 11 and noon. And that, that was consistent through all the markets I went to. Um, few sales early, seldom a sale in the last hour, but big spike 11 to 12. So not as many people were coming to the markets. The markets limited the number of people who could come in. And, and it was financially tough for people. It was, it's been a tough year for everybody. Yeah. And then I know I found you several times at the, the chapters, uh, you know, so, I mean, that was that too, just being able to have that, that in-person presence, uh, does it pushes us in a different direction so that the marketing has to be done a different way. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that, that works great. Um, in Calgary and the area, the challenge is, is that I can't get to Winnipeg and, and go to a market or be in a chapters or Toronto or Vancouver. Now, you know, when we travel, I often set up something. So we've been to Saskatoon a few times. So while we were there, um, I arranged to be in, in a store so that, you know, there, there was that experience. But, you know, getting exposure outside of this local area is is the challenge, but that's, that's what I need to do. So your book launch is going to be different too, because it used to be, you used to rent um, the Bonas Hall, which is, uh, and I, okay, so I love this because Calgary, Calgary, Calgary. Um, I will go to the, the Brad Coulter series here because that's the setting. Everybody knows Bonas. <laughs> and if yeah. you grew up here, there's Bonas has changed a lot over the years, but you rented um, the, the Bonas community center and that's where your book launch would be, you know, just very much all about Calgary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that definitely. That's what, that's what um, local people like. Oh, I remember that. And, and, and the culture series is set in, in mid to late seventies into the eighties. So a lot of the landmarks that I have in the books are, aren't around anymore. Um, but People remember them. So the Beacon Hotel and the Highlander Hotel and um, Westgate Hotel, Bonas Hotel, they're all gone, but, but, but they're in the books. And so I think uh, depending on your generation, that brings back memories. And when, when Brad's in the, the Beacon Bar, I'm sure there's lots of people that go, oh, I know exactly, I know exactly where that was. I, uh, I know exactly what was going on. So that, that lo- local theme helps. I, I think the other thing for me as a writer, too, is... I don't have to worry about some of those settings because I don't have to make them up. I, I know, I know what, what they are. So it's just a matter of, you know, sometimes closing my eyes for two minutes and just remembering back and then off I go, I can type that hotel setting in or those streets or that sort of thing, because uh, it, it's all right there. I read your book and then I drive past where <laughs> you've you had part of the setting in your book and I'm going, Oh, that's where Brad did. <laughs> so the character, the character comes with me, uh, you know, so, it, you know, Brad becomes very much a part of my life 
you know, so that's the, another part of what I love about the series is that, you know, it's set in my hometown. I grew up here and, uh, you know, I, I get to know Brad very, very well. And he and I'm looking forward to um, definitely the next book every every time I close the page on the last book. Anything you want to share about readers, other readers and what they have said, you know, about the character in the series? Yeah, well, I, I think people share some of the things you're saying is, you know, they're sad when the book comes to an end and they'll email me and say, I finished, I finished the book. When's the next one coming? Like right away, they, they want to know. And probably one of the biggest comments is people saying, okay, I made a mistake. I started reading at 9.30. I'm in the last third of the book. I couldn't put it down. I read till 12.30 and finished the book. I hate you because I have to be to work at seven. <laughs> and so that sort of thing is great. I, I One of the ARC readers actually uh, sent me a note on that and said, said, yeah, I read until after midnight because I had to finish, yeah. finish the book. So th- those are all great things. I mean, I, I think they're... Uh, they're reads that, that, that keep you going. There's lots of action, there's tension, there's some suspense. And that's, uh, I guess that's the challenge for me as the writer now to, to keep, to keep that going with each, each book. When 13 Days of Terror came out, were you excited to get the reader response on the differences between and where the story was going? Well, yeah, I mean, without giving a lot away, um, there were readers who were upset with me for the way Wolfman is back ended. So not that I painted myself into a corner necessarily, but but I knew I'd got myself in trouble for 13 days because I had to resolve what happened at the end of Wolfman with Brad. So, so yeah. So when the book came out and people were reading it, I was wondering how they would accept the way I crafted the story, the way I dealt with the things that happened in Wolfman and carried that over uh, into 13 days. Um, and 13 days was a little bit different too. It was one of the first, it was the first of my novels that wasn't based on anything that happened in Calgary. So Crisis Point, Outlaw, and Wolfman were all based on things that happened. I mean, I crafted them into fiction and made them my own story. But uh, 13 Days was the idea came from elsewhere. And so I wasn't sure, you know, if people would even notice that there was a difference on that. And and they didn't. I mean, they accepted the story and and went with it. And and Goddess is uh, is Goddess is essentially completely out of my my warped brain. Um, it's not related to any incident that I know of that's happened anywhere. That's almost a relief. <laughs> Having read the, I read the book that that didn't actually that you know of happen to anyone in real life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that, that's that's probably true. Um, yeah, so I mean, I think that's the evolution of me as a writer too. Uh, I mean, hopefully, I'm learning along the way, and I'm writing a little bit better, and and I'm able to craft something in in my head rather than have to rely on something that has happened. And, and that's not to say those are, those are bad stories in any means because I made them my own, but yeah. And, and the next, uh, the next two Brad Coulter's after goddess of justice, they are completely out of my head. So we'll see how those go. Well, I, I like that Brad is taking um, a journey and there's, there's actually uh, um his character is evolving with each story and each book. Um, so you take him through 
different challenges in his life. And you take, he has emotional journeys. He has physical journeys. He has relationship journeys. Uh, so, you know, he, he's very real. He's very touchable. He's very, somebody you can definitely relate to on a, a personal level, as much as I'm not relating to the actual struggles that he's having, not having any background in um, law enforcement or emergency medical services or anything like that personally. But you can see that his life, his life is definitely taking, he goes through a very emotional journey. He goes through growth and he goes through grief. And so I really enjoy the character and how he's, he's growing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of the things that um, I guess is said a lot in in writing courses, or you know, they say say no, zero. And so you know, if you have a choice to make something easy for them, say no, and and you make it hard. And so that's definitely happened um, with Brad. And I think the way things happen are are, are logical. He's you know he's, he's a composite. It would probably take twenty or thirty cops to have all the experiences he's having in these novels um but they do flow from one to the other and just as as things start going maybe okay for him that's when as the writer i have to say nope sorry and take it in a different direction but and i, and I think that helps him be likable in that in that he's flawed he's far from perfect um but he tries really hard and sometimes that's just not enough. And, and that's kind of life. Sometimes you try really hard and that's just not quite enough. And so that, so he faces that, but he's, he seldom gives up. He has self-doubt like everybody does. And he wonders if, wow, is this really what I need to do or where I should be? Um, so we all have those periods of, you know, self-doubt and we hit a, a dark place and then, you know, he works back out of them, I think, in a logical, logical way and comes back to fight another day. Very inspirational. Yeah. I want to thank you very much for continuing to write Brad Coulter and bringing out a new series and just going through all the efforts that you do as a writer to bring out all these beautiful stories. And I say beautiful because the the, the essence of the story and the, the way they're developed in the sense I love them. Um, I love your writing. And so I, I love being part, any little part of the team, uh, you know, that, that helps other people find them. Very much looking forward to your book launch on April 22nd. What do you want to share around that? Um, well, we're going to do it as a Zoom meeting, like you said, so we can't get together, but you know, we're getting close. So it's, it's a Zoom meeting launch. I'd really love everybody to show up. Uh, we're going to have, there's going to be some prizes. You can win some books. You can win some gift certificates to Owl's Nest books. I've got a good friend of mine, Don Sharp, is going to interview me. Um, he's quite the character. So who knows where, where that will go? Um, he's like me. He's a little bit sarcastic. And uh, he is, uh, what is he, six days younger than me. And so he always rubs that in that he's the, he's the younger of the two of us. So who knows where, where that will go. Uh, we're getting together on Monday to kind of come up with some ideas. So I'm sure, I'm sure he's not going to share all his ideas and there'll be some surprises. So we'll go with that. I'll, uh, I'll do a bit of, I'll do a reading on, on goddess of justice and uh, maybe depending on where 
Speargrass Vengeance is at the time. Maybe I'll give a little teaser on that one as well. Um, and then we'll just have fun. So everybody, you know, just pop in. It's not going to be long. We'll do maybe 40, 45 minutes, something like that. And uh, pop in and, and say hi and join in on the fun. Well, looking forward to it. So uh, people can find you at your website, which is uh, DwayneClayton.com. And at your Facebook page, you're on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram, and you have a page for Brad Coulter, if you're just looking Mm -hmm. to follow the series. They can follow you on social media, and you have a newsletter that comes out monthly if they'd like to sign up for your newsletter, because you often give away, definitely updates on what your writing is, but Mm -hmm. uh, you you released in advance some of the information with regards to pre-orders and where you're going to be. If we do get a chance to do markets and what have you, that's you're putting all of that out on your newsletter too. So definitely all kinds of different ways to get a hold of you and find and follow you. Yep. That's perfect. Well, thank you very much for being a guest of online for authors. Thank you, Jennifer. That was great as always.